Welcome to the Enterprise Hubs podcast. By the podlediad yma yn cyfweld am rhywiaeth o wahanol fusnesau sy wedi lleoli yma yng ngogledd yr llewyn Cymru. A bwriad yw ysbiroli chi sy'n gwrando i gychwyn ar y synnau busnes na sydd bod yn eich meddwl ers oes, a meddwl os dyn rhai'n gallu wneud o pan fedda i ddim. During this podcast, we've been interviewing various businesses who are based here in North West Wales. The intention being to inspire you all listening to start on that business idea you've had in your mind for ages. To think if they can do it, why can't I? A cofiwch, mae'r hwb mentor yn mae'ch helpu gyda nogaeth, cefnogaeth a gofod swyddfa am ddim. Cylch fynediad i ymgynhorydd busnes, llwy to ddigwyddiadau diddorol a cymuned y bobl eraill yn yr un sefyllfa chi. Mae'n fwy o wybodaeth, cysylltwch am i Sara neu Siân ar post.hwbmentor.cymru neu 1248 Mae'r hwb menter yn raglen ar y cyd rhwng menter môn ac emsbac wedi ei rhannu gan arian IRDF drwy Lotraeth Cymru. Remember, the Enterprise Hub is here to help you by providing encouragement, support and office space for free. You'll have access to a business advisor, loads of interesting events and a community of like-minded individuals in the same situation as you. For more information, contact me, Sara or Sian on post.hubmentor.wales or 01248 858 070. The Enterprise Hub is a programme run in collaboration between Menton Mon and MSPAC, ERDF funded through the Welsh Government. Hebo i di pellach, dewch yn i gwlad basig yn ein busnes i rannu gyda chi wythos yma. Wynhewch! Without further ado, let's see what our businesses have to share with you this week. Enjoy! So we're here in Pontoon this evening. Fair play, you've come on your only day off um, on a Monday. So should we, this is Chris, Nana. Hello. Hello. <coughs> Should we start at the beginning? How did you start a business? So, uh, it started as a pop-up. Yeah, yeah it was like a, a, a collective of, of mutual friends. Uh, we were all about the same age, and um, it was meant to be really a, a summer pop-up um, with the idea, because we were mostly all visual artists at the time, the idea was that we would fill a vacant space with our artwork and we'd have a cafe but we'd also hopefully sell some artwork along the way as well and give us a chance to have a kind of a residency slash exhibition space um, and then the cafe side of it the bar side of it and the food side of it kind of grew from there and it was quite a it went down quite well we got good feedback from it and when the time came for the, the pop-up to finish Everybody was either heading back to their university courses or their degrees or going back to their um, uh, more jobs. permanent jobs. <clears throat> yeah. um, the opportunity was presented to us that it was going to come to a close and, and would we consider um, taking it over? And this was like two or three days before the, the, the curtains were drawn on it and we kind of thought, yeah why not? We thought, why not? Why not give it a go? The worst that can happen, it will go wrong and no one will remember it. It's not going to do too much damage to us and it will be a learning curve and we'll just move on to something else. Um, and the best that could happen is, well, we had no idea really what the best thing. No, we, <laughs> we didn't really just, think about it. We just it. kind of just took a leap of faith. Yeah. And that's how it kind of kind We didn't of have any plans, did we? We didn't have any plans for what we were going to do personally. So it was kind of like, let's fill that space by doing something that we didn't really think about beforehand. In all honesty, from my perspective, when we, when we took it over, the whole idea was kind of a little bit selfish in the sense that it was like an exciting opportunity just to see what would happen. Yeah. And then four years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
it's a common thread through most businesses where you know that we've spoken to where it is we just went for it tried it and learned as we went along you, maybe you think you should have planned a lot more before starting um but do you reckon maybe actually might never have happened in that case yeah definitely yeah i think um with with, with whatever you do this pluses and, and minuses, negatives and positives, and with us not planning, allowed us to grow organically, allowed us to find our feet and learn, and, and I think with anything, most people learn best when they make mistakes, so I think that was a massive positive for us, we were able to kind of grow organically, bit by bit, as people kept coming back to us, or we got new customers, and it's still, we're still kind of growing organically to this day, so that, they were the positives, but the negatives were pretty big as well at the same time uh, we've made a load of mistakes along the way like we could easily like start a book of, of like what, not, not, to what not to do business yeah. <laughs> um, but to be honest we were never we won't do that again those, yeah. bad, those mistakes will we yeah so Chris you've defined very well what it was in the start mm-hmm. Anna where would you define how would you define what pontoon is now well, we like to think it's like a little bit of paradise for everyone. So, so many of our customers are locals. They all live here. And we like to think that they kind of feel like they're on holiday when they come here. They don't need to go to Cuba and they don't need to go to Mexico. They don't need to go to Jamaica, Jamaica and things. Yeah, they can have a little bit of that for one night after they've been at work or after they've been on the farm or things like that, they can come here and just, like, enjoy themselves and not think about any of that. So that's what we hope it is, with some really good food that they might not have tasted before, some really nice cocktails, some really nice drinks, a nice atmosphere. Yeah. That's, like... We wanted it to be, like, a release, like an escape. Yeah. So, like... um, especially for locals people that live locally um, we want it to be kind of like a place where they can come escape to they, they, they'd be here they'd kind of lose track of time they'd lose track a little bit of whatever it is their stresses their worries their jobs whatever and they'd come here and like Anna says they'd either try some new alcohol that they've never had before or they'll try some new food or some ingredients some crazy ingredient that's like only just come over from Mexico and we'd, we'd be giving, hopefully giving people a, an experience that they've never had before, and they may never have had before if we weren't here. Um, and it was just, yeah, we just wanted to kind of create an environment that, that we were passionate about, but would hopefully make people feel good. And I think we've kind of semi-achieved that because we've had some quite good comments uh, in the past where people have said... Um, that they come down after work, they live just around the corner and they just, they've been there, they, they end up staying there for like four hours and then they just, they leave and they think they've been on holiday. Yeah. Can you give us a timeline of Mexico to start the business? Or yeah, so we started, yeah, we started the business in 2015. Yeah, um, September 2015. And then we went to Mexico in 2017 and 2018. Around January time, both times. Hmm? Was it 2016? 20- we didn't go this year. Oh yeah, it's twenty nineteen, isn't it? No, it's twenty. Oh yeah, yeah, twenty twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. But we didn't go this year, which is twenty nineteen. Okay. Okay. Yeah, twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. And when Chris like first started cooking, I remember when he was asked for the pop up, um, 
is because the group that we did it with are family friends and and um, like a close knit of friends, and we all had food over at the house, and you cooked Mexican food, and like that had happened a couple of times, and it was from that that they kind of asked you to do the food a couple of nights a week. Yeah. And you'd never worked in the kitchen. You'd no. never trained as a chef. You'd only just made... Cooked food for loved ones and friends and family at home. And you'd never even thought about it. No, never even thought about it. It was just a passion, like a side passion, a hobby. Is it still a passion? Yeah, I still love it. I was really concerned at first that, you know, I thought that my great love for food came from cooking food as like a way of giving to people that I cared about and seeing um, this was my big concern was that like I was worried that I'd lose my love and passion for it because I would not know the people that I was cooking for and I wouldn't have that connection to them and I wouldn't have that that self um, uh, what's the word self like feeling feeling good when you're kind of giving something nice to someone you care about I was worried that that, that that wouldn't cross over. But what I came to realise was that not only have we like got locals and regulars that come back that you've now struck a relationship with and you are you do find yourself putting things on the menu knowing that these people will be in and you're like, you really want to try and give them a, a nice dish or a nice experience. But not just that, but I realised that my passion for for giving people new experiences or trying to represent a certain culture, whether it's Mexican food or Caribbean food or Middle Eastern food in an authentic way, in my eyes, to that person or those people was just as much of a passion as, as actually like giving back to somebody that I cared about. So like it became more about uh, kind of being a, being a little bit like... Um, somebody who goes away to a far far away land and brings back potatoes for the first time and they like introduce potatoes to people I kind of like quite like that idea that maybe people were eating here and they were having something that they they that's never been in this part of the UK before and I think we've we've done that we we've brought mezcal to this this exact part of the UK I don't think it had ever really been here before we start bringing it back here um, I'm pretty certain I've got chilies in that storeroom that I've never touched this part of well, Wales before. So has that been a challenge? No, yeah. no. Getting it, getting it, getting it sometimes. But unfortunately, we we we're like we, a lot of our suppliers are great suppliers. That's come over time, though. I mean, them. the real challenge is the fact that you are a lot of the that that there's that passion where you want to be introduced. You want to be doing something something authentic. You want to be trying to. You want to be trying to do these dishes that are what you consider to be genuine Mexican cuisine, but it comes at a cost because you're not in Mexico. These ingredients, some of these ingredients are really expensive. Like when we go down to London and we go to Mexican, like uh, highly reputable Mexican restaurants in London, they tell us that they don't put some of these ingredients on the menu. And we know that it's because of the cost, but we, we do it. We, we, we kind of take, take that cost on the chin a little bit. Really? Um, and it's the same with the things like the chilies. You know, like I've got some chilies in there that I really shouldn't be putting in dishes because it's just crazy because of the the, the 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 value of them. But it's more the you enjoyment, the enjoyment you get that you're bringing this this thing that you're really passionate about to people. Like some of these things, when I cook with them, they're also the first time I ever cook with them as well. So it's just as exciting for me that that experience as well. So. Let's go back a little bit and talk about your biggest 
challenges and also your biggest achievements? Okay. Ch challenges, uh, um, I would say, would be to do with the practical practical sides of 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 running your own business. Um, let's let's be serious about this. Uh, you know, like we we've we've had no experience in it. We're not that kind of that. We're neither of us are that way inclined. We're both creative thinkers, so we're not really um, uh, academically, you know, that that kind of side of things. So um, the actual kind of practicality of owning a business is never really come natural to us, and that's been the biggest challenge. And we have made mistakes um, because of that. And there's no two ways about it. Like when we sit down, maybe hopefully as old people and look back on the whole thing, we would 100% say that our biggest challenges completely were the practical sides of owning and having your own business and having to run it, the paperwork, uh, the accounts, all that side of thing. It's no, it's like, it's, it's not an easy, an easy thing to do. Um, I think in general, but for us, it was, it was very challenging. And um, so, it's not something to be taken lightly neither. Um, it was a it was a massive learning curve for us on more than one level. So that that for me was our biggest obstacle. Uh, everything else just seems for me perks like for me everything else seemed like small fry compared to that. Yeah, I agree. I think there has been periods of time where we when we got to points and we were like, okay, we we I remember having this having a brief chat with Anna about this at one point. We said, okay, we've got something. We, we, this is serious now. Like we've got something serious here now. Like this isn't just a, a game anymore. Not a game, like in that sense, but like this isn't just a hobby that we're doing on the side and 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 we're, that we're passionate about. This is actually like a responsibility now. We're like into this. We're like committed. How is that side of things with having staff being responsible for for people's? I think it was in a way, that's, that's quite a responsibility. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's something that at first we kind of struggled with. I mean, it's difficult because we're both kind of young. When, I, when we first started, I was 21. So, um, and I'd only ever worked as a waitress. And then to all of a sudden become a business owner with staff that you have to be able to communicate and kind of set rules in a, in a proper way, and I didn't know any of that. So I found that really difficult, and it's something that's come to us. I mean, we're more of a family here. Our parents have helped us, like, a huge amount throughout the whole experience. Um, so having them as, like, the elders kind of thing. Yeah. As the adults <laughs> has I mean, helped out. For me, personally, it's like um, we've never really, like, set like specific none of this in uh, all these questions and the answers always all the same there's never been any sort of like set structure to anything so even with our staff we've never really approached it you know with the typical uh, manager staff relationship we've kind of just let things just seem natural so we do things where people are surprised about like we get people coming here and think and we had someone here the other day who's like um Italian and they were like they, they, they saw us sat down with our staff at the end of the night all sat around the table having food and they said that that's a, the Italian way of doing things and that was lovely but people are surprised by that and I suppose we are a little bit because we've worked in jobs and we don't we've never had that neither but 
that just never really felt like it was forced, never really felt like that's something we should or we shouldn't do. It's just something we did because that's what we wanted to do. And it's just, that's just one example. There's loads of examples. But for me, like the, the most exciting thing about having staff is that you have an opportunity when you've got staff. If that person conducts himself the right way, you have an opportunity to be a genuinely good impact on their life. So if they're working with me in the kitchen, if they really want to, I'm more than happy to, to teach them as much as I possibly know about cultures, about other people's food, and give them skills that, in my view, that they could travel the world with. I'm not saying that they're going to be like high-class chefs, but there's always a demand for, for, for people that can cook and make food. And if they can even get a slight grasp on it, on a cuisine, you can take that anywhere, really. And it's the same with Anna and people working in the bar. It's like you have an opportunity when you work for us to learn skills you can take to other other places. You can you know you can you can do cocktails that I think are of quite a decent level, and food that I think is of quite a decent level. And there's always going to be a demand for that. And I I find that exciting that you are giving that person a skill that they can take forward, and hopefully a good experience as well. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked about the community and the culture that's here. Uh, how about with other businesses in the local area? I know your some of your suppliers are listed <coughs> listed back here. Um, a lot of local businesses. Um, how has that impacted you? How has been the the friendship with other businesses and the culture in that sense? I think it's so important. I mean, I don't think you should really compete with anybody if you all work together there's enough people to go around um i mean people come here and we don't we can't haven't got a table for them and then you're able to pass them on to all the other places that you like to eat personally i mean you just kind of share it and then also you all kind of help each other so we just started working with two islands and they now supply their ice cream we have so many people that go there already and then when they come here for dinner then they can have their desserts for di- for after their dinner um, it's just like a, a happy marriage really yeah I suppose that's really important in, especially in maybe a rural area yeah definitely like this and it's the same with the butchers so we use the Kelly butchers and the Eden butchers um, and we also use the butchers within uh, Harlow Food Service and also Harlow Food Service. And the local fish merchants up the road, the Kelly Seafoods. It's just nice to kind of be in touch, helping, being a part of a, the wider community. I think we've got a responsibility, especially in your, if you're in a small community, to have a good relationship with other businesses. You're supposed to work together, I think. Um, you know when we when we kind of first started when this was kind of first taking taking flight it really felt like the local town Pekeli was kind of going somewhere there was lots of new businesses popping up and and I, even though a lot of those businesses were outsiders would think were direct competitors because they were restaurants or bars or whatever to me it was very exciting to be a part of one of those the new wave sort of type thing so we 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 kind of kind of get really excited when you see um, new businesses pop up, especially um, businesses where they have an incredible ethos like Two Islands and you just, you're just you just as passionate about their businesses because there's similarities there. So it's just great. What part do you enjoy the most? 
Probably the... the I mean, it's different for me because I'm directly, like, within the customers. So probably the feedback, um, seeing people enjoy their experiences, seeing families grow up. I mean, you have people that come here with babies and they end up toddlers, start walking. And then they're like... They've got parents coming up to us saying, oh, a kid was saying they really wanted to come to Pontoon today. It was either the beach or Pontoon. They chose Pontoon. It's just, like, really weird to think about stuff like that that's probably my favorite is just like the feedback and seeing pontoon as part of something enjoyable to do in the community yeah i agree people want to celebrate their birthdays here and celebrate anniversaries and things like that and it's really nice to have that kind of impact on people's lives and people say you know things like um don't go to mexico because we don't want you to cut <clears throat> <laughs> Don't go to Mexico because we don't want to close. Or people say, um, uh, don't close full stop. Uh, what else was there? Oh, I, I think what Anna's saying is right. Um, it's when people say things that reflect what you feel like the business is about. So when people do say things like, you feel like we've gone on vacation, feel like we've been away, those things are really nice because it kind of, you, you actually think, okay, maybe, maybe we're doing... We're, we're actually getting the message across of what we think the business is like. But then sometimes you get comments that really surprise you, like the whole beach. You've got a choice between beach or the pontoon, the kid wants to come to pontoon, or... Uh, we've had loads of... We've had quite a few nice things. You know, when people come up to me and they ask me about the food and they have a genuine interest in the food, I really love that. that that's great, because um, not only is it nice to know that people are enjoying your food but also that inexperience that they've had has sparked an interest in what, whatever it is that they're eating so it's moments like that that is quite, quite special yeah and also it's just really nice looking back and seeing where it has come from so like the four years have just like flown by and to, when you look back at photos and you think back to those times it's like you have come a hell of a long way that's a really nice thing to and, think about. And, and uh, I really like it when you have a when you when you when you start to build great relationships with the customers. There's people that if they don't come in, you start to miss them. Um, I really like that. You know, like people come in here and they they come walk past the hatch, and even if you're really busy or you look stressed, they'll quickly say goodbye to you. And and it's nice that you know when you remember that if you hadn't had this place, you would probably never cross paths with that person, but now there's something that ties you, you both together. I quite like that. It feels like we're really part of the community now and stuff. So You talk a lot about your return customers, and I know there are a lot of them. What about marketing on a more general note? What has been your strength? You've spoken as well about how you've grown organically every year and, and still are what do you reckon um, marketing wise has been your strongest asset probably yeah. just social media um, I think it has grown obviously organically word of mouth is a lot stronger I think than social media around here um, but social media is so good for people that already know about you but because we're not on the high street it's kind of easy to forget that we're here so if you put a post in your story, it kind of jogs people's memory that pontoon's there and it's a nice day, why the hell aren't I there? Um, 
Whereas if I hadn't done that, then there's an easy chance that somebody would have just gone through their day and forgotten we were down this road. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, talk about, talk about location. You know, um, it's probably a challenge for many people when thinking about setting a business, especially location-based ones such as a restaurant or possibly a shop. How important is being in a really good location? Yes, really important, I think. I mean, I think now that everybody knows about Chris's food, if he was to move further in town he didn't have like a location with an amazing view then I think he would still do really well but for pontoon itself I think the view and its actual pontoon and everything like that has worked a lot in our favour yeah I, I think that, I think the, the location is 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 hand in hand with the business but I think that if if we had an opportunity if we had the same opportunity but in a different place I don't think the location would have been a big deal. We could be in a basement, we could be in somebody's loft. I think whatever it is, I think whatever business you've got, if it if it requires a location, you've got to create something within that location that works goes hand in hand with yeah. it, works with it, but has also got something unique about it. And, and, and you see it as a relationship. It's not just you and the business, it's you, the business and the location. So I think for sure now, four years down the line, I can't see this place without the location and vice versa. But if we if we go rewind four years and, and we had an opportunity to go and open something in a cellar in town, I think we'd have had a different business, but it still, I would like to think, would be just as successful, if you want to call it that. And last question, but where do you see the business going? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um... It's... It, it, we would we would like to do more things with regards to its appearance. In the if if we are ever given that opportunity, there's room for movement there. We'd like to do things. I mean, there's things that I feel restricted by not being able to do in the kitchen, food wise. So there's those are recipes that I would love to do. I think Anna's probably the same with what she does. Events. We would love to do more kind of yeah. events, sort of events-based stuff. We 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 don't feel like we've got anywhere near where the, some of the things that we'd like to do, and hopefully will do. Um, and then there's other things that aren't you wouldn't necessarily expect from like a restaurant to do. Like we would like to try and introduce maybe like merchandise into the whole thing, not necessarily hundred percent related to the business, but as part of it. We don't really want to follow set confined rules or whatever we just kind of if we want to do something we would like the opportunity to do it and um, just see where it goes from there really there's loads of things we'd like to do I mean you know we've talked about loads of things that we'd love to do we'd love to do a food truck we'd love to go out to festivals and do things like that we'd love to do more street food events we'd like to do black pop-ups we'd love to do events here um, we've started to do that with things like Day of the Dead, which I think was an extremely successful thing last year, and we're going to hopefully do it. We will definitely do it again this year, and it's going to be a recurring theme. But that was that's just the tip of the iceberg, and there's more things that we'd love to do like that. Um, it's it's just yeah. I I don't know how far in the future to <laughs> how far in the future. I, I don't know. I don't. We just like we would. I don't think we want to stay still. 
We've never stayed still. I would personally get quite bored if we were staying still. It always feels like we need a challenge. We need this a bit of growth there. So, um, yeah, it doesn't matter whether we're here in 10 years, 20 years' time, as long as there's something for us to move into or a dream to chase or, like, something we want to, like, delve into, then we'll, we'll try and get to that point. I don't know. Who's, who knows? I Maybe know. we're just going off in complete, or like loads of directions. <laughs> Any final words on the on the way pontoons going, moving? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Pretty much exactly what Chris said. I mean, we we've got loads of things that we want to do ourselves personally as well. So maybe adding them into the mix. Um, so going off in different avenues that's not just the bar and restaurant side of things. It's refreshing that both of you are on the same... You both have exactly the same answers. There's no... I think we've, we've always been like that. I mean, we, we, we've, there's things we've wanted to do for, for four years and we still haven't done it. Yeah. We still want to nail the... We still want to be... Have the art slash exhibition side of it as an actual official part of the business. We've never properly nailed it yet. We haven't set down... Uh, we haven't really defined it yet but there's still that side of it that we'd like to do where people know for certain everybody knows that they can come here and buy artwork either by ourselves or by the people that started the business with us or, or other local artists there's, there's it's the same with the furniture yeah. like our dad's made pretty much all of the furniture here um, that is something that we would love to be part of the business there's so many people that come up and say like, where's she at this table farm it's incredible and we want that, us to be able to say that was our dad and this is his workshop and you could you could ask him to make you a piece and that kind of thing. So it's um, loads of different avenues that we'd love to grow into. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting and, and funny hearing you that your objectives going forward are almost going back to what initially the objective was. In terms of skills, <clears throat> what skills did you already have that, well, we may not have mentioned that helped you start the business? What kind of experience did you have before that gave you the kind of courage or the confidence to go for it? Um, what you did in your degree, really? Yeah, I mean, I did like... Um, well, you did fine art. And, yeah, but And I did fashion communication. So it was like branding and things like that and photography and things. So we've always like really liked visual and our house is quite eclectic as well. Um, so we've always kind of been surrounded by different artwork, different colours, those kind of things. Um, but the first couple of years, Pontoon didn't really have half of the amount of colour that it has now. So I think as soon as um, we went to Mexico and we saw how they don't overthink things, they kind of just do what they want to do. I mean, especially on our last visit, we went to a guy in Guadalajara and it was like the best visual restaurant we ever went to. And it was just one guy and his friend. His friend was the cook. And um, he would just walk around and communicate with everyone. Um, and he, we asked him, like, we were like, this place is incredible. Each room was different. And he said he's just, he's put everything that he loves about Mexico in one, place. in one place, yeah. Everything that he is so proud about his own, his own culture in one place. He doesn't overthink it. It's just that. It's like if Mexico was a family and they had a house, that house would be yeah. Mexico. 
it was like pretty pretty an amazing experience it was it felt beautiful. really intimate as well like you actually felt like you were in somebody's private home yeah um but in a nice in and in like in like all the good ways it was just so like free and hadn't thought about anything and that's exactly what we want pontine to be like we don't want to feel like we're restrained to do something we just want to if if we think that, that table needs a bit of color on it then that's what we should do but like skills wise like <clears throat> anna her degree was like fashion communication so like when 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 she was doing a degree especially towards the back end of it um you did a load of stuff to do with catalogues yeah and publications the market, yeah publication marketing through fashion and um I'm, I was a massive fan of that. I thought she did really well, and I wasn't the only person. Like she, 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 she got an award for it for what she did in her degree, um, and I think that's definitely been an asset to the business. Um, a lot of the um, advertising side of things has been through Anna and through Anna's creativity. So that's definitely one hundred percent skills that she brought to the table for sure. I think you're. Chris's main, like, from my perspective, Chris's main skills for pontoon that has, like, made it what it is, is his passion for history, and especially Mexico. So he's always been so passionate about Mexico's history and other cultures around the world. And I think that's where the whole world foods, Mexico side of things, which has made pontoon so different in this area, that's where that's come from. Um, I don't know whether it's a skill, but it's definitely a passion. We talked about ecosystem and the business links, but what did your support and the ecosystem do? So, like, what did the parents do? So, our parents have been huge. Mm-hmm. Um, like, our mum works with us every day. Now, now, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's always been there for everything, and so is our dad. I mean, our dad is incredibly creative himself. I mean, if we just have a conversation in the background about something that we might want to do, he's just straight away, he's on like, wow, I think this would look quite cool and this kind of thing. And he just randomly comes out with these pieces of wood and he's like, oh, this would look great. And, and it's just so nice to be at home and still have that kind of like creative, bouncing off group kind of thing. If you take like even just our father out of the equation if you take him out of the equation and you'd be, you'd be sat here now I have no idea apart from this mural I'd have, and, and even the shelves on the murals his, his, and the lights on them is his um, input. Uh, input on the mural so this place would look completely different I mean we're talking like the f- furniture would, 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 would be like I mean I think through him, through him, yeah, through him on the practical and the creative side of things, through his furniture, through his lighting, through doing the the signs and and the palm tree, which has become a bit of a almost a part of our branding now. Um, if if we have hadn't have had him with that input, then I think we would we we would um, this place would would look maybe at ten percent, whereas whereas before I said it'd be kind of like at sixty percent. Yeah, I think we'd be at ten percent because I mean, we like, wouldn't have been able to do not not with all the other stuff we're doing and skills wise, we couldn't have made a wooden palm tree. So we probably could have, but it just wouldn't have looked great. No. <laughs> probably would have been like a wooden Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> One business tip each. 
there's a startup people that you so you said you've been running this four years. Mm -hmm. If there was somebody at the beginning of that four year journey, what one tip do you think you would give them? Who's going first? You go first. I'd say take your time. Kind of like don't just like go crazy straight away because you can easily just kind of feel overwhelmed if you take on too much. I think just take your time and let it kind of grow organically can help business-wise but also like personally. Um, if we were as busy as we are now at the start, had we had like planned and marketed loads before we opened and things like that, we would have drowned because we weren't ready for this busyness. We didn't have the team, we didn't have the knowledge, we didn't have the skills. So I think that if it is like a brand new venture um, and you've not kind of done this kind of thing before, do it a step at a time. Don't just... Yeah, I agree. Slide in there. <laughs> I think uh, for us, it's helped us by doing the whole organic, growing it organically, step by step. That's definitely helped us big time. I think my one bit of advice would be, no matter what the business is you're doing, is, is, to, um, is to really try and develop an identity, what it is that you want the business to be. And don't listen to anybody else. You know, If you want to do a restaurant, don't feel like you have to have your food to look a certain way or you have to do a certain type of food. If we listened to other people, we'd be doing chicken nuggets for kids. You know, don't feel like you have to give everybody what they say they want. Be true to your yourself, what you believe in, what you want the business to be and stick stick to it because I think not only not only will you end up being happier because the business will feel like it's kind of like your baby but also you will then attract regulars, regular customers that will keep coming back to you because they love you for who you are and what your business is rather than you're just another knockoff of something else. That's why I would say it doesn't matter what it is that you want to do in business, whether it's clothing, whatever, just to have an identity, be strong, stick to it and, and, and stay true to those core values and just do just just try and grow it how you want it to uh, how, how you envisioned it to be but also don't be narrow minded and don't 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 close that close off other people's influences neither at the same time it's kind of like a fine line and the last thing I would say is um, if you are serious about running a business give yourself a bit of space before you start to think about it the realities of it the the, the behind the scenes that not many people understand unless they have a business, which is the paperwork and the, the structure and um, the, the, the real spine of the business. Make sure you're prepared for that. Make sure you've got things in place so that when you start, you just do it as you go along rather than kind of how we did it, which was, which was kind of not tackle those things and then get tripped up later on. Good luck for the future. Thank you very much. Cheers.